Oh, it's good to be up here and seeing all your smiling faces um, or your masks, whichever one I'm looking at. Um, I have this scale in my bathroom, and maybe you have a bathroom scale. But what's cool about the scale in my bathroom is it's one of these scales that just doesn't tell you your weight, but it'll tell you um, your BMI. It'll tell you your bone density, how much water weight you have. It tells you everything about what's going on. I don't know how it does it. Right, but when you step on it, it gives you all this information. It links up to your phone, and um, you can see all this information. And there was a time in my life where I was exercising and losing weight, and I love to step on that scale. Yeah, I love to step on it and see my progress. Right, to see how much weight I'd lost, to, to see what's going on. It, it would tell me um, how much my BMI was, how much muscle mass I had, and I like to watch the progress. But I got to be honest with you. Now that scale, I do not want to step on it. And I don't want to step on it because I know, I have a hunch of what it's going to say. Right? It's going to tell me some info about me that is true but that I don't want to hear. Right? Um, I know what it's going to say because um, I don't know about you, but like during this, this time of COVID, my clothes stopped fitting. I don't know how it affects the clothes in my closet, but they got smaller somehow, right? They got smaller, and so I went to go get some new clothes, and I don't know if you've ever gone, I don't know why I would think that the larges in my closet that don't fit, when I go to get something new and I grab a large, like, this will fit, right? A new large will fit. And there's nothing worse than when you're in, like, the dressing room, like, because then you have to see. You, the reality, you have to look at yourself, right? And we don't want to look at yourself. And the lady says, how are those sizes working for you? I'm like, they're not. They're not working for me, yeah? She's like, do you want me to bring you something else? A tent. If you could bring me a tent, that, that might work. Um, but, man, we don't like to, to look at ourselves, and we don't like to look inward because sometimes we have a hunch that things aren't right. Things aren't good. And I don't know about you. Uh, maybe you're the same way. Maybe it's not with, with your weight or whatever, but maybe um, you don't want to look at your bank account. You don't want to go over your finances with your wife and stuff because you know, you have a hunch that things aren't as good as you'd like them to be. And you'd rather just keep on living life without taking a look inside. Yeah? Or um, maybe you have a lot of, you know that you're like me and you're messed up inside and you have a lot of baggage. And people said, man, you should go get some counseling. Maybe you should go seek some help. Maybe you should go talk to somebody. And you're like, man, I know what they're going to say. They're going to talk about me, and I don't want to talk about me. I don't want to have to look inside because I know what I'm going to see, and I'm not going to like it. That's a tough, tough place to be in, but um, I think a lot of us could relate to being in that, that situation. Um, last week, Hojo came up, and he talked about our relationship with God. The sermon series is Upward, Inward, Outward. And this week, I have inward. And I was dreading doing this because Danny didn't want me to talk about just what's going on inside my life. He asked me when, when Mike and Danny talked to me about this, they said, we want to talk about inside the church. We want to take a look inward at the church. And I didn't want to do that because I had a hunch I wasn't going to like. I don't want to look sometimes at the church. Yeah, I had this uneasy feeling because I know that some things I'm going to see aren't right. 
I don't know about you, but when I, even when I say church, it's such a loaded term. It means so many things to so many different people, right? When you invite someone to church, you're like, oh, I'm not really a church person. Yeah, I like Jesus, but I, I don't like church. Some of you guys have a weird relationship. Some of you might even be here against your will this morning. Don't laugh uncomfortably, I know. Right? I grew up, um, I'm a pastor's kid, and so that word church was thrown around quite a bit. Our, world re, our, our whole world revolved around that word church. Like, hey, what are we going to do? Hey, can I go and do this this weekend? Well, don't forget you have church on Sunday. Yeah? Well, we got to go to church. Or my parents were always down at church. And so this, this relationship with church was always there. And um, I want to talk about that today because uh, we have such a weird idea about what church is. But if we take a look inside, not only um, inside here and what's going on, but inside God's word, it gives us a clear description about what church is and what it should be and what it should look like. Um, but before I do that, I want to get on the same page with everybody right now. And um, when I say the word church, this is what I mean. Um, this is Danny's favorite part of the sermon. This is called Totally Greeking Out. Yeah. Every Bible student, they love to come up and talk about the Greek. Yeah. they like, well, let me tell you what it says in the Greek. I'm not very smart, so I had to Google this. But when you look at the word church in your New Testament, anytime that word comes up in the New Testament, it's really um, this Greek word, this, ekklesia, ekklesia. Did you guys already know that? Am I just preaching to the choir? Anybody know what ekklesia means? Yes? He says, yes, I want to hear, what's ekklesia mean? Well, yeah, it was that. It was a governing body. It's actually an assembly of people, yeah? So for the Greeks, um, it would mean uh, a governing body. But here's the word. It's a gathering of citizens called out from their homes into some type of public place. It's an assembly. So anytime you see the word ecclesia, you won't see it in your Bible, but anytime you see the word church in your New Testament, it's really talking about people. It's really talking about a group of people. It's never about a building. It's never about a building. In fact, nobody would say, hey, let's go down. We're going to go to the, and clean the church building. No one, for the first 300 years of the church's existence, no one would have said that. They wouldn't have known what you were talking about. The church was um, a body of people. Um, the church is not a building or a service. Yeah? We are the church. When we gather together, when we are together, we are the church. And it's important to know that as we go through um, this teaching today because it's easy to say, that's church. I'm not really a part of that. But let me tell you, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ this morning, if you believe in him, then this message is for you. This message is saying, hey, if you are a part of the church, then this is how it needs to be. Now, if you don't believe in Jesus, you're still going to get something out of this sermon. But you know what's really good? If you're not a believer of Jesus... Now you could see what the church is supposed to look like. Maybe you've had some bad experiences with church. Maybe you've always been skeptical about church. But if you don't believe in Jesus today and you've always been wondering, what's the deal with church? Um, today, I hope to, that you'll be able to see what God's word says that it's supposed to be. But if you're a believer, 
Here's where it gets awkward. When I'm talking about the church, I'm not talking about just North Shore Christian Fellowship. I'm not talking about programs here. I'm talking about us. We're looking at us. We are the church. And so with that in your mind, let's just pray for the rest of this uh, sermon. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. And uh, I thank you for your church. I thank you that we could even gather and assemble together, Lord. There's so many places where this is not allowed. What an awesome freedom we have to come together to worship you. Lord, I also just pray right now that um, anything that's holding me back from, from saying what you want to say, Lord, any sin in my life, any um, inconsistencies, Lord, that I would just, um, that those would just be erased, Lord, that, that you would come, clear, um, come through clear in this message. That anything I say, if it's wrong, or if I missay something, or say something that's stupid, Lord, that everybody in this room would know that's Fulton talking, and they would credit me with that, Lord. But I also pray that you would speak, Lord, and if something resonates today with anybody in here, Lord, that they would know that's you talking to them. Lord, I love you. I thank you for loving me the way that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Um, I'm a part of an Ohana group. That's something that we do. Um, it's a people. Ohana is, means family. If you're from Hawaii, our Ohana groups are smaller groups. The church, we're the church, and we gather in each other's houses. We share a meal, and we go through scripture. And in our Ohana groups right now, we're going through the book of First Peter. And when you look inside First Peter, he talks about the church, the people of God, people who are saved. And he uses a couple of describing um, descriptive words. Um, the first thing I saw that he, he used to describe the church is living stones. Right? He says that the church, the body of believers, is living stones. I have, when I saw this, I could relate. I've lived a lot of my life stoned. I was living stoned, but I don't have as much, um, um, I don't have as much experience as a living stone. I don't even know what that, that means right away. Right? I have to dig into that. He also calls us a royal priesthood, a chosen people. And at the end, in, in chapter 5, he calls us a flock. I assume he means sheep, not seagulls, but I don't know. Here's the thing. One thing that we can get from this is it's about a big group, right? You can't, you're not living stones. You would just be a living rock. Yeah, you're not a chosen people by yourself. A people is a group. A royal priesthood is a group. You're not just a royal priest. You're part of a royal priesthood. A flock is never just one single animal. A flock is a group. It's always talking about a group. And here's the here's thing. While I think these are really good word pictures, I don't have any experience um, being a chosen people. I don't have any experience about a royal priesthood. I don't see royal priesthoods. I don't use that concept, right? And I'm not a shepherd. I don't have any sheep. And I've never been a, well, people think that you can be like a follower, like a sheep. But I've never really been a sheep, Right? Um, but what I like is if you look past Peter and um, go to Paul, Paul says in 1 Corinthians, he uses a different word picture, and I love it. Um, Paul was the uh, apostle, and he's the guy who went planting all these churches all over um, after Jesus is resurrected. Paul goes and plants all these churches, and 
What he was writing them, he was telling them what he expected from them, what the church was supposed to look like. And he has this great idea for a word picture to explain to everybody what church is supposed to be. And he uses um, the metaphor of a body, a human body. And so we're going to look at um, this part in Corinthians. Um, If you have your Bibles with you, turn to 1 Corinthians 12. And we're going to pick it up in chapter 12. If you don't have your own Bible, we have Bibles here. If you have a phone, you could download a Bible and app. If you don't have a phone, um, you can join our friends and family plan. I'll, I'll hook you up. Um, this is what Paul says. He says this, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. Sounds simple. We get that, right? So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we all have been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share that same spirit. The human body is made up of many parts, but it's only one thing. Right? We are a body, it says. The church is the body. What's even crazier is it says we are the body of Christ. Like, they would say, no, Christ had his own body. Why are we the body of Christ? But when Christ left, he was telling us we're his body. Not only was his body resurrected, but he resurrected his church. He he built his church up. And now we're the hands and feet. We're the body of Christ. Think about that. That's a a, a strange concept, but when we think about our body, we know it has many parts. Um, How many of you guys, everybody should have got one of these. Can everybody pick up this? Because um, I wanted you guys to have a visual aid, and while I love Paul's body analogy, I could not give everybody a body part. CDC regulation, it's frowned upon, actually, calling and asking for body parts. Um, But this illustration, I think, makes sense. When you picked this up, when you saw this sitting on your seat today, as soon as you saw it, you knew what it was. Right? You, had, you knew exactly. You, did, you weren't confused, like, what is this witchcraft on my seat? You, know? you, didn't, you knew, oh, there's a puzzle piece on my chair. There was no doubt in your mind. And what else you knew is that this doesn't work by itself. Right? It doesn't work by itself. No one, you don't just give somebody a puzzle piece and say, Merry Christmas. Right? That's not the complete thing. You know that this is a part of something bigger. As soon as you saw that, you identified that, right? And I don't know, I want you to just look down at your piece. When you look down at your piece, what, what do you know is that it's different from every other piece in here. No piece is the same, right? Every piece is important. People say, well, the, the edges are the most important. Every piece of a puzzle is important. You don't open a box, a brand new puzzle, and go, oh, I don't think I need these ones. I'll throw these ones out. You don't do that, right? And if you know a puzzle, like, you do not want to buy a puzzle from a thrift store. Yeah, that is just a recipe for disaster and disappointment, right? Because you know every piece is important, right? And every piece is unique. When you're looking at this, you see the colors might be different or the shape might be different. But you know that none of the pieces, if you look to your neighbor or to the left, to your right, the other pieces, none of them are the same. And it's the same that Paul says with us. We are all parts of the body, but we're all part of one big thing. 
And it's important to know that every piece is important, but every person in the body of Christ is important. Amen? Everybody's important. Now, when I say that, I kind of, I kind of um, frown a bit because I'm one of those people that, you know, no, these days we say, hey, everybody's important. Everybody wins. Everybody gets a prize, right? And I don't like that. So I don't want you to think that I'm just trying to say something really nice. Hey, man, everybody's important. Something that you hear. Literally, everybody in here is unique. You don't have to take my word for it, even the Bible's word for it. We know science says we're unique. Your identity, everybody's identity in here, you have so little to do with your identity. Yeah, you didn't choose what day you wanted to be born, who you wanted your parents to be. Yeah, what color your eyes were going to be, how tall you were going to be. You didn't choose any of that. You didn't choose your fingerprint. You didn't choose um, your DNA. But it's unique. Yeah, even science tells us everybody in here is unique. And because of that, everybody is important. Amen? You gathering what I'm scattering? Yes? Follow me so far? Everybody is important. Um, I have this written down here. It says, every part of the body is important. But no part is more important than the body. Yeah? Every part of the body is important, but it's not more important than the body. Every one of us in this room is important to the body, but we're not more important as the body. And it's, it's, it's weird because we talk so much in church about how um, our relationship with Jesus is personal. He's our personal Lord and Savior. And, and making a commitment to Christ is something that we do personally. It's between us and God. But what happens is, is when we make that commitment to Jesus, it says that we become part of something bigger. It's something individual, us, us and Jesus, but as soon as we become in a relationship with Jesus, he says, now you're part of my body. You're part of something bigger. It's not just about you. It's about me and my body and what I'm doing with it. So it's important to, to remember that. I know that there's um, some of us in here that don't feel very important. Yeah, or don't feel um, very unique or that we have a place. But I want you to know today that that's the good news about the body of Christ is that Paul is saying everybody is important. Got it? So that's the first point. Everybody is important. The next one is this. Paul keeps on talking. He says, but our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. Let me say that again. Our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange would it be if a body had only one part? It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a body. Yes, there are many parts. He sounds redundant, but there's only one body. The eyes can never say to the hand, I don't need you. Right? Like, could you even imagine? Like, I think Paul's trying to be funny because obviously eyes don't say anything. But could you imagine, like, our eyes are really important, but so are our hands. Like, the eyes said, hey, hands, I don't need you. And the hands were like, oh, really? Okay, good luck getting your contacts on tomorrow. See how you do. Right? Good luck getting your contacts out. You need your whole body to work together. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eyes can never say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some body parts that seem the weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable 
are those we clothe with greatest care. You could read between the lines there if you want. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together in such a way to honor and that, so that honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. What he's saying is, man, everybody is important and everybody has a place. It says that God places us together, right, in here. And here's where it gets a little tricky because... Um, these puzzle pieces, these are a little different. Like, I was going to use the illustration of Legos, but Legos, you could take any Lego and stick it to any Lego. Yeah? They connect to each other. They all connect to each other. Right? But you can't just force pieces together. Yeah? You have to find out. It's a process. You have to find out where it fits. It was designed to fit in a certain part of the body, in a certain part of the puzzle. Right? And... Some of us, man, we have not found our place within this body. Some of us um, haven't found out where we fit in. Some of us, quite frankly, probably aren't even trying. But have you ever been putting it, like, I, when I was putting puzzles together with my kids at a young age, when they were younger, they would stick a piece in, and, and he'd be like, oh, okay, I think this goes together. I'm like, how could you even think that goes together? It's not even linked up. That's an edge, and you're... Connecting to a middle piece. It does not connect together. Like, you know right away, right? Like, when you start, like, you think it might go there, but then you're like, no, it doesn't go there. And I want to encourage you guys to do this. Until you find your place in the body of Christ, man, you're not going to, you're not going to, it's not going to feel right. You're not going to be as effective as that you would be if you found your place. And sometimes it takes it takes a little fitting around. You might say, man, well, I'm going to try to go over to children's ministry. And you might be there for 15 minutes and go, this is not a good fit. This is not a good fit. Or you might say, man, I want to be part of the praise band. And you might be up here for 15 minutes and we might say, that is not a good fit. <laughs> right? But it takes some time to find out. But here's the point. You have to find out. Because once you know that you have a place somewhere then you should not be satisfied until you find it. And it's important that, that we don't think of these as different things. Like, I love how he says, man, none of the parts, even the parts that you think are weak, that the parts that you think are dishonorable, they're important. Wayne, are you coming to the altar? Or are you going to, going to the ball? Okay, I just want to make sure. Wayne's my friend from, he's visiting. But um, the altar is open all, all service long, if you guys want to know. Um, no, what I like is he says, man, even the parts you think aren't that important are important. Even the parts that, that everybody sees and you, and you think, man, they're all important. And it's easy to think, oh, man, setting up chairs, that's not really important. It is. The Bible says, no, that way of thinking is silly. It's important. It's all part. Everybody has a place. And when people aren't in their place, it doesn't function right. Right? And so what is it? The thing is, is that at this church, I was just at an at a elders meeting this week. Man, there are a lot of places that need to be filled. This church does a lot of great things. But if I'm honest with you, it's a small handful of people doing a lot. I'm one of them. Yeah? It's easy to say, well, you know what, um, I'll, I'll speak once in a while. Right? Or I'll come up and do announcements. That's my part. But man, there are some other places where I think I would fit in and this church could use some help. 
And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ and you're here today and you don't know where your place is, then start looking for it. Ask somebody, ask somebody in leadership. We're going to have some sign-ups today. But, man, we have children's ministry. We have um, feeding the homeless. We have, you know, fish and loaves. We have Ohana group. We have women's ministry. We have so much stuff going on, whether it's setting up chairs or doing it. Try some stuff out. Because everybody has a place in this body, and all of the places are important. You don't get to say, oh, I'm not important. Yeah? Because it's not your body, it's Jesus's. And Jesus says, you are all important. Right? So, everyone is important. Everyone has a place. I wrote this down. Participation is what matters, not your position. Right? It doesn't matter what you're doing, whether you're on stage, off the stage, helping behind the scenes, um, being a prayer warrior, whatever it is, the important part is that you're part of the body, not what your position is in the body, right? We have this idea. We love to look at where everybody else is at and compare, our, compare ourselves to everybody else, and it gets us into trouble. But the Bible says that all I care about is you are part of the body. Don't worry about your position. Let me worry about that. Everybody has a place. Then Paul goes on to say this. This makes for harmony among the, the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, the whole thing suffers with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Everyone's important. Everyone has a place. And everyone's a part of a bigger picture. Yeah? Some of you guys can't, we can't see the big picture. Like, if you look at your, again, look at your, look at your puzzle piece if you can, if you have it. Just look at it. I want you to look at it, and with the information you have there, I want you to imagine what this puzzle is when it's completed. Think about it. Look at it. You might have some color. You might say, oh, I know. Let me show you what it looks like. How many of you guys had that in your mind? Anybody have this? It's called Lobster Bay. Did anybody have Lobster Bay by the famous puzzle artist? What's his name? Ian Gianna. Alan Gianna. Was anybody like, can anybody raise their hand? I got a Starbucks card. Yeah? Someone's like, I was seriously thinking of Alan Gianna's uh, Lobster Bay picture. Um, no, you had no idea what this looked like. You had no idea what it's a part of. Because it's part of something bigger. And apart from the puzzle, apart from the big picture, it doesn't have much meaning. Apart from the big picture, this does not have much meaning. And Paul's saying the same thing, man. We're a part of a big picture. And when you want to be by yourself, when you isolate and say, man, I really like Jesus and stuff, but I, I, I'm not part of the church. I'm not really a part of the body. It's silly. People all the time will come up to you and say, hey, I'm trying to figure out what God's will is for my life, you know. And I don't go to church or anything. I love God, but I want to know what his will is. And the Bible states clearly his will is for you to be part of his body. You could have some good alone time with Jesus, but I'm telling you, you will not, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you will not find consistent fulfillment apart from the body. I'm going to show you this picture um, this is my feet, right? And I know some of you are disgusted by feet, and um, 
You should be. They're gross. Um, but this is my, my, my two feet, and there's something really interesting. If you just take a close look <laughs> at my feet, there's something interesting that you may or may not know about me, but I only have nine toenails. I only have nine toenails, and I say that not to impress you, because I know you guys are thinking, like, man, he, he runs a camp, he's preaching, he only on nine toenails. How does he do it, right? Um, and I know that, that I, I'm not looking for sympathy, but I show that to you because of this, is that even though you might think feet are disgusting, you could go and get, um, how many of you, ladies, you guys ever get a pedicure, ladies? Yeah, raise your hand if you've ever gotten a pedicure, ladies. Yes. People, uh, even if your feet are disgusting, th that, there you go. I'm glad. You, I'm glad. Me too, buddy. Me too. Not really. Um, no, I do. I have. No. But people will touch your disgusting feet. They, it's their job. They, they see it all, right? They just pick at your toes and stuff like that. They could see my disgusting feet, and they will paint. When I first lost my toenail, when I had it surgically removed, by the way, um, when I first did that, the first time I went with my wife to get a pedicure, I, didn't, I wanted to see how the reaction was and be like, oh, snap, where did it go? And just, like, dig in the water for it. But, no, if I went there, like, seriously, they did not bat an eye. Like, they didn't even flinch, right? They just painted my nails. They asked me if they wanted to paint that over that, right? They didn't even flinch. But I, I bring that up because um, I bring that up because I have something that's here. See, this is my toenail, This is my toenail, and it says, left great toe, and it was taken from me on 7-7-14. And this has been in here for a long time, right? And now listen, while that lady would have no problem painting each one of my toenails, right? If she got to my big toe and I said, oh, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, I want this one, um, I want a blue too, right? She'd be like, no, I'm not touching that. It's disgusting. It's apart from the body. It's dead. It's not good, right? If I offered you my hand to shake, you would shake it. If I offered you a severed hand, you'd be like, I'm not touching it, right? But that's the illustration he's saying, like, man, apart from the body, you're dead. You don't make any sense. This toenail has not done me any good here in this jar. Sometimes I use it to pick my ukulele and stuff. No, I don't do that. But this, apart from the body, is nothing. In fact, I look at it and I say, man, I wish I still had that toenail because my toe is becoming bigger like a big pillow, yeah? And it is subject to getting stepped on and stuff. And apart from the body, it loses its meaning. Apart from the body, it loses its meaning. And some of us have been a part of the body and some of us have been apart from the body. And as much as we may have issues with church, what we're really saying is, man, we have issues with each other. We have issues with us. We're looking in the mirror. If the church is messed up, it's because we are messed up. The people inside of it. And sometimes we have to look inward and say, man, what is my part, God? You say that I'm important. You say that I have a place. You say that I'm a part of the bigger picture. What is it? Because apart from it, you won't have the meaning. Yeah, you won't have the desire to be a part of what God's big plan is, and you'll be missing out. 
Jesus died and was resurrected and said, hey, you are my body now. I'm leaving. You are my hands and feet. When people see the church, when people see the body of believers, when people see the people who believe in me as a group, I want it to be a beautiful body, something that's working in unison, something that's working on all cylinders to do my will. Is that you this morning? There's one thing um, I want to talk about just real quick because some of us have been churchgoers for a long time, and I wrote this down. Um, proximity does not equal connection. Proximity, meaning how close we are to something, doesn't mean we're connected. When I have that, I was holding that, I could stick that old toenail on top of my toe. It's right on it. It's not connected. Right? I could move a TV super close to the outside, but if, as long, if it's not plugged in, it's not connected. Because we come and gather here, right, on Sundays, like this box of puzzle pieces, it's all together, but it's not connected. Sometimes when, when, when people look at the church and they look at the body, it's like this jumbled box of pieces, a bunch of body parts not working together. And for a long time, I confused proximity with connectivity. But you can be close to somebody and not be right next to them. Have you ever fought with your spouse? You could be in the same bed with them, be miles away. But on the flip side, yeah, when, you're, when you're, your spouse or a loved one or somebody that's far away, could, could, if you're talking to them every day on the phone, if you're writing them letters, they could be a million miles away. And you're connected. Our missionaries are, are oceans away, and we are connected. They are connected to the body of Christ. But you could be here every Sunday and not be connected. And I don't want us to be a church like this, yeah? I don't want us to be a bunch of random pieces. Man, when you talk to people especially people who aren't believers, a lot of them aren't believers because of how they view the church. Man, I'm, I'm super sad for, for the way people think about Jesus because of how we display him. But it doesn't have to be that way. Once you know that you're important, once you know that God says you're valuable, once he says that, hey, not only are you valuable, I have a place for you, and I want you to find it, you're a part of my big picture. You're a part of my big plan. Man, we could have some meaning in our life. This church could mean something. Just imagine what the world would look like. Imagine what this community would look like if everybody knew that they were important, everybody knew that they had a, a place, and everybody knew that they were a part of something bigger. Think of what we would change. I'm going to ask the band to come up here for a, for a sec. And um, I want you to, to just keep your peace with you. And you could keep this peace with you this week, maybe stick in your pocket. You'll probably forget about it. But maybe when you see it in the washing machine later on, you'll pull it out and remember this sermon. Right? But I want you to keep this as a reminder for the week. When you look at it, I want you to say, man, you know what? I'm a part of something bigger. I'm a piece of something bigger, right? And I need to find my place within the body of Christ. 
And we're just going to spend some time as the band plays. I want you just to, to maybe ask God, if you're brave enough to say, hey, God, where do you want me to be? I've been just sitting in the box for a long time. You want this? You need this back? I've been sitting with all the other pieces, but I want to fit in. I want to find my place. Maybe ask him. We're going to have sign-up stuff over there. You could ask Danny or Pastor Mike or Bob about places to volunteer. And like I said, you might volunteer one week and say, hey, that's not for me. But that doesn't mean you don't have a place. So I want you to pray about that. But here's the other thing I, I want to just you to think about just for a second. All the pieces are important. But as you put a puzzle together, pieces that you don't have become really important. Yeah? Like when you're getting towards the, the puzzle, to, towards the end of it, and you have some gaps, and let's say you have four pieces, you know, that look like missing, but you only have three pieces. And then all of a sudden you have one piece missing and you don't see it. That all of a sudden becomes a piece that's really, really important to you. And you will get down on your knees. You will look under the couch. You will look under the table. You will shake the box. You will check the trash to see if you threw it away on accident. Check the vacuum. Check the Roomba. It might have sucked it up. Right? You will search for that piece because you want to complete it. The Bible says this, um, Jesus was talking about how important lost pieces were. And he used this uh, analogy of a, of a shepherd and says, a shepherd who has a hundred sheep. If a shepherd has a hundred sheep and just one goes away, won't he look for it? Won't he leave the 99 to go and search for that sheep? And he's saying that's what he does for us. He's looking for us. If we're not part of the big picture yet, if we're still lost, he's looking for us because he wants us to be where he designed us to be. And if we're the body of Christ, then we need to be looking at other people. We're not just looking at these pieces and saying, hey, I'm a, an important piece. I have a place. I'm part of God's big picture. We need to be reminded that when we look at this, that everyone we come in contact with is a piece. Everybody we see outside these doors is important. Everybody out there has a part in the body of Christ. And everybody out there is part of God's big plan. So let's look at ourselves as pieces. And let's just be a people, a church who goes out and searches for pieces who are lost. Amen? Spend some time in prayer. Spend some time talking to God.